Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. Let's give a rendition of what our NPR podcast might be like. You're like, welcome to Questionable Detour NPR. Today, I am here with Alan and Evan, and we're going to be talking about the usefulness of knees to the public. Evan is a, an expert in knees. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, knees have been around for quite some time now. Uh, some <laughs> might say by since the dawn of time. Do I think they're useful? Sure. You got to bend down, pick some stuff up. Every now and then, what happens when you sit down and you got to get back up? What happens then? Mm. You got to use your knees. Really, to understand the usefulness of knees, we first need to give some perspective on what knees do for us. And by and by that, we must think about the reality of if humans didn't have knees, what the world would be like. Now, with me is Alan, and he is a theoretical knee expert. Alan, if humans didn't have knees, what would the world entail? Well, Zach, that's a great question, and I'd love to thank you guys for allowing me to come on the program today. A world without knees is absolute terror. Riots in the streets. (laughs) Cattle assaulted. (laughs) Cattle. (laughs) Children hung from buildings. Everyone is very short now because they have no kneecaps. They are inches shorter. Now, one might think, what does a few inches really do in the grand scheme of things? It adds. That sounds terrifying. What can we do to prevent this world from happening, Alan? Is there anything? Are we doomed to be a, a, a species that walks around like pirates with peg legs. As a theoretical knee physicist, I think it is 100% probable that this future is going to happen. It may be months, it may be hours, but this future will come to pass. Not even years. <laughs> years is, years is terrified. <laughs> we know it'll happen in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Within the year, <laughs> we will all we have all, no we knees. All walk around. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine a riot with people with no knees just like walking around like I'm peg legs, just like rocking back and forth the wall? Where do you hit the people if they don't have knees? <laughs> I, don't I mean, <laughs> they have no weakness. It's the uh, next evolution of the human species. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome to Questionable Detour. Uh, let's do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract? Purely hypothetical question. I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. All right. So for our first hypothetical in today's episode, we're going to give it people advice, uh, leaders advice, the people that are heading up companies and maybe even countries. And the question today is, if your team's morale is low, they're sad, despondent, just depressed, you as leaders, how do you get morale back up boost team spirit is another way to say that yes to boost team spirit i would say when when morale's low things are things are looking tough and this can be for sports team work team military any any of those options i think the best way to boost morale is an ankle massage train (laughs) Uh, now i'm if i'm following you you want people to lay down on the floor head to foot Mm mm-hmm massaging each other's ankles yeah it's it's optimal when you are eye level with their ankle so (laughs) laying on the floor is probably i I would say the best way to do it i think you've got your train conductor if you will i'm going to say he's he's the leader uh he you know laying down on the ground the next person laying down eye level with his foot and it just follows like that you're basically a train of people massaging ankles but to optimize it you really want your face to be eye level with an ankle (laughs) Well, and I know both of you guys have given ankle massages. I think I walked in and you guys were giving each other ankle massages. It really earlier. does help. It's really get the endorphins yeah, rolling, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I find 
that the ankle is the most tense. That's where a lot of the tension rests <laughs> in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look it up. I, science will agree with me, I believe. <laughs> I probably won't. I don't need that in my search history. <laughs> ankle massages. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. I got an ankle massage one time and my ankles were so tense that when I left, I, I was no longer an angry person. Yeah. I didn't want to fight 13 million little children. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. That sounds like you solved a big issue. Yeah, you went the other way massages. and adopted kids, didn't I you? Did, oh, yeah. Yeah. Seven. Wow. As opposed to half. Seven and a half. Oh, a half. Now, explain the half. I don't have to explain anything, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in court. Nobody's incriminating you. <laughs> now, Alan, so I assume if you're running a business, an office, you get there, everybody gets their eight o'clock clocks in. Do you immediately start running the train on each other? Is that how you phrase it? You have like an air horn, like, let's yeah. run the train. <laughs> it's like when people are running a program on the computer, they say, uh... See how we got to run the program. Well, I, I say, well, we got to run the train. Mm. <laughs> and people just kind of lay around the office, just massaging. The what they, what they do is, you know, our offices, most offices are, you know, cubicles. They just try and fall out of their chair where they're sitting. Generally, they're not very far away from somebody else. Another, very, another very, fallen body, and very they just, small office. They just crawl. <laughs> You're not allowed to use your ankles. You can't use your during... ankles. They're so well. They're so tense, you know. Sure. Yeah. You can't use your ankles, so they they just kind of crawl to the nearest (laughs) ankle, and they start doing what they're hired to do. You hired them to massage each other's ankle? They know when they come to this company, they know this is a possibility. (laughs) And by possibility, it's a definite. It's going to happen twice daily. So when they interview, you say, the job is to massage each other's ankles. How do you make money in this business? That's not the job. The, the, the job, I mean, can be anything. This is just like something we provide. So when, <laughs> they, come, when they come in for an interview, I have a model ankle sitting on the table. And, I, and a, after, you know, they're like, I have all this experience, whatever, whatever. I don't care. I slide that ankle <laughs> over to him, give him a little knowing nod, and I say, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let's, see what you're working let's with. Let's run yeah. that. <laughs> run that by me. Do you also put your your ankle slash foot up on the on the the desk and go look at these bad boys? Look look how relaxed look how relaxed these are. If I notice that they're nervous, I throw my leg up on the table and I'm like, you see these? <laughs> Things not tense. This Achilles has never been torn. <laughs> Now, let me ask you, I'm I'm sure the train conductor is a prominent position in your office. Mm -hmm. How do you get the privilege of being the train conductor? So it is sort of a sort of a coveted position and it's done based off of merit. Obviously. Yeah. Not merit at your job. Oh, um, merit at how good you are at giving the ankle massages. So we have we have a series of surveys that we give out after after each train is ran and whoever receives the best marks, they're allowed to be the conductor. That's nice. It's a good little system. And um, as a train conductor, do you have to do any kind of like, I don't know, just to get the train going? Do you have to say choo-choo? Whoa, my voice just cut out. (laughs) Choo-choo. Do you have to say (laughs) choo-choo? I did not be a train conductor. He switched back to NPR mode. He said, choo choo. Choo choo. Yeah, that's that's actually what we say. Um, as as soon as we have, uh, as everybody is collecting collecting the, the nearby ankles, we'll have someone. It just makes themselves loose around the <laughs> It sounds like you have them in drawers and cabinets, or like collecting the loose ankles. It's it's sort of a bit of a call and response. Uh, the person, the conductor, he says, "All aboard!" Everyone that that's grabbed ankle, they respond with a hearty choo choo. Oh, it's a hearty. So I, I thought it was going to be more of a seductive choo choo, like Evan yeah. decided he wanted to do. No, that is that'll bring a lawsuit about. <laughs> um, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> I didn't even want to do that. Um, okay, so once it gets started and everybody's starting to to, to warm up their fingers mm-hmm. to get the ankles yeah. warmed up and loose, do they start going like, chugga, 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 you know? And then as it keeps going, it gets a little faster. It's like, chugga, 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 chugga. <laughs> Until everybody's just warmed up and just absolutely going to town on some ankles. <laughs> chugga, 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 chugga. 
We do have a warm-up period um, <laughs> where everybody is encouraged to uh, not choo-choo fully un- until they're fully warmed up. Right. So they do start off with a very low... And then once they build up to... Maximum level. Once they build up to the maximum level. climax, if you will. The climax of their train. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Then they're they're encouraged to respond more. How long does this normally take, yeah. like from start to finish? Well, at uh, at my company, we work eleven hour days, and that's because two of those hours are massage hours. Yeah, yeah. So is that seven days a week? Seven days a week, yeah. Wow. Because what happens if we get stressed on the weekends? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna massage your ankles? Yeah, massage your ankles. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. At the end of your sessions, is there a steam whistle that? Kind of just announces that it's over. Yeah, usually it's the guy at the caboose. He actually has a he has a little steam whistle. It's got a little pull chain on it, mm-hmm. and uh, he he pulls it. And that kind of that kind of ends the ends the massage, the morning massage or the afternoon massage. And then once it ends, now I don't, I mean I don't want to speak for you, but mm-hmm. normally whenever I hear a steam whistle, it kind of provokes like a get back to work now, mm. and everybody just starts sweating, toiling at their work. Do you, ima- not, do you imagine Alan runs a sweatshop? Is yeah. this that's what it sounds like? That's that what steam whistles usually do. <laughs> not the environment that we want to portray. Mm-hmm. However, is it convenient that the whistle ends the massage and begins the work? Who's, who's to say? Yeah, who's yeah, to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. I know you have a plaque over your door mm-hmm. of your doorway once you're walking in. Weirdly, it's in German. I don't. Is it? Is it? Do you have a German company? I don't even i'm not even sure that i know anything who's german what's what are the germans again uh it's a country but okay. we won't we won't dwell on that they're um, they're they're people that don't wash they're very germy yeah it's a, oh, you know they speak german. a different language okay. yes. yes but the plaque yes. r- roughly translates mm-hmm. to uh work makes freedom mhm i i just noticed <laughs> that 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 you have that on your i don't know if you want to i forgot that heaven is fluent in german <laughs> Yeah, can I didn't read know German that. Blacks. That's that's a little bit little bit concerning. Yeah, so it's concerning to you. <laughs> <laughs> you put it up. <laughs> We're just gonna end it on maybe I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're running a concentration camp. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you want to defend yourself at all on that one, but I'm pretty sure I just flawlessly said I don't even know what Germans are. So yeah. I don't know. It how seems like a good can, defense. Like I don't know how you can refute that. I'm not a Nazi. I don't know even what Germans are. <laughs> Evan, how about you, buddy? How do you how are you going to raise morale? So, what I'm going to do to raise morale and uh, boost team spirit, I'm going to hold a series of seances. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, and just call upon the another dimension, another realm to to bring more spirits into the workplace. <laughs> Oh, and I boost see. the spirits I see. I of see. the workplace. I see, Alan. When we say we we need to boost spirits mm-hmm. at work, this Evan, is a man who understood the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that boosts morale like the dead. Yes. You know, the <laughs> uh, haunting has never hurt anyone. So let mm-hmm. me go. Let me ask you this question. So the day starts. Everybody gets there at eight o'clock. Morale's low. How do how do you normally go about boosting the spirits? So what we'll do is we'll get everyone around and we'll draw a circle in the in the middle of the floor, clear out the desks, push them to the side. Sure, sure. Where we have all the desks unrolling because this this happens pretty much every it's day. It's really convenient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all on on wheels, so we push them to the side and we get to work on lighting the candles in in the circular pattern. And maybe there's a little star painted on the ground in sure. a red substance that. I can't really. This is no longer sounding like a seance, and more like you're summoning a demon. So we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the red stuff on the ground and the red stuff, the red like substance, strawberry jam. Yeah, yeah like sure. <laughs> we, we've okay. called it that before. It's uh, it looks like paint, but it's a little bit thicker. Does it come out of something like something that was once alive and now is dead, and now you have a lot of the red stuff around? Is that why you have a lot of goats behind your place of there work? There is a lot of goats behind his place of business. Uh, I thought he did okay. something. I thought he sold goats. I thought he sold goats. I thought your whole business was goat milk. Can't confirm nor deny any of these statements okay. you're making. Um, we do have a lot of goats. Yes. But that's just because we we like to have them around. Mm-hmm. They, they're they playful. They make fun noises. They do make fun noises. We, <laughs> we like what? to keep those around so that the... the what, what noise do they make again? 
a little bar. Okay. You know, so the, the employees like to go out there and see them every now and then. Sure, sure the numbers dwindle day by day. <laughs> every time we have a seance, there's one less goat. But they're not connected. Okay. Mm. Causation not correlate. Exactly. You back can't pin it. that on me. Sure, sure. There's a, there's a theme in this episode, yeah. I yeah. think. So anyway, once we get these candles lit and everyone gathers around the circle, we all hold hands. We lowly but firmly mm-hmm. s- repetitively say our company motto. I think the next question we should ask, Alan, is what is your company motto? I agree. It's in Latin, and course, I'm not sure what it translates to. Okay. Mm. So I don't know if I could repeat it here. Mm. I don't want to go on a Latin spiel. So we'll I'll just let you know it's in Latin. Yes. But we do say it repetitively. <laughs> mm-hmm. While the candles are lit, the wind starts swirling about and things start to rise up from the middle of the red circle. And what what are those things? Spirits. Spirits. <laughs> Spirits. <laughs> Spirits. So if I could ask, are these friendly spirits? Are they malevolent uh, creatures? Sure. What, what happens yeah. once they are summoned? How does how, how do the spirits help your business be productive? So Alan, to answer your question, depends on who you ask. Zach, <laughs> to answer your question, they help us by really just taking over the bodies of our workers. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And getting work done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever that means to that worker at that time, mm-hmm. whatever work he has on his plate, he gets that done. What is, what, is, what does your business do? I don't really think that's important right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> really, uh... I'd say I kind of like where this is going. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably time these seances perfectly. Maybe if you have them at about two, after lunch is over with, when they get kind of sluggish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're ready for their afternoon nap. They're not working as hard. Mm-hmm. Quick seance, grab some spirits, get them get them puppeteering these people's bodies <laughs> get work done yeah no i agree with you that's a great time to do it we do it in the in the mornings just because we want people to be productive throughout the day sure. yeah. yeah mornings because yeah. some people slack when they come in the morning they're tired how long do the spirits tend to reside yeah, how in long? yeah. the the body. How long's the work day? They're productive members of society. They work a good nine to five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once once it hits five o'clock, the the spirits come back the, down. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, spirits okay. are like, so they're punching the clock out. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I gotta get back <laughs> somewhere, to the, somewhere, the ethereal world. Yeah. somewhere yeah. in a different realm. There's this spirit that hits some spiritual alarm clock. Yep. and goes, see ya, honey. Yep, honey, demon. I'm gonna- <laughs> demon. <laughs> I'm got to go to work. <laughs> and he sits at some kind of maybe bus or train, mm-hmm. a different type of train, train station, <laughs> waiting for Evan's business to summon him. <laughs> so what do these spirits look like? Are they just, do they look like a standard ghost? Are they creatures of some sort? There's a mix. So we've had Winston Churchill. We've had That's Joe a guy Blow. that can get work done. Yeah. But then there's also um, creatures, per se, that they come out, they have little horns, they have claws, and those are the, the cool ones that you like to have around. <laughs> those are the ones you, you want to get possessed by those because... <laughs> Boy, they take you for a wild ride. (laughs) All right, so it seems like out of three of us, one of us runs a sweatshop. The other is in some sort of satanic cult. But we're not going to talk about it. I, I, yeah, if it's, you it's think fine. you're so holy, well, let's hear yours. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, my business is something simple. We bottle water. Okay? Not that's your immoral. Business? Not yet. Yeah, that's our business. Not okay. It's not immoral and it's not satanic. You know, in the bottle, the bottle water industry is stressful. So morale gets low constantly. And so what I do is in the morning, 8 o'clock comes in. We shut off the lights. Lights go off. It's dark. We put stuff over the windows so no light gets in. I let loose a tiger in in the in in the office and you might say zach zach why do you let uh, a a killing animal loose in your office to boost morale and it's and it's one philosophical answer there i'm glad y'all asked that it's because they need perspective on what's good in life they come in low morale man they hate their work bottling water all day it's wet it's you you leave chafed Ugh. all of a sudden in the morning in the morning a tiger's let loose you survive that morning you go Bottling water's not that bad. So here's how it goes. They come in. Lights go out. Ti- they see the tiger coming in. They know what's happening. Lights go out. I say, it's great. <laughs> tiger, <laughs> they hear the cage rise 
up. The tiger growls. It lets loose. You have people forming groups to survive. They're hiding mm-hmm. behind yeah. file cabinets. They're hiding behind cubicles. They've made makeshift spears out of just things they can find around the office. They are fighting this tiger. They are fighting to survive. Some of them stab each other in the back with the spear, maybe. But also, maybe they push them out in front of the tiger. The tiger get to attacks them. They survive to bottle water the next day. And it gives them fantastic perspective and they go life isn't so bad i guess it's a lot better than getting attacked by a tiger every morning and it's working great it's showing great uh results within the, the workforce great? it's <laughs> great results <laughs> within the workforce so when do you guys uh rein the tiger in like how many have to die before um well you see it's not really a kill count thing it's more of a time thing. So it lasts for about an hour. And that's very dependent on how low the morale is. Morale is low, and I think they need just extra perspective. It might go from an hour to up to two days of just fighting for their lives mm-hmm. against a rabid tiger in the office. So, I mean, I often, often have to rehire an entire workforce because that tiger mauled about 36 people. And you did say the tiger gets let loose that they know what's coming. So these people have been here before and they keep coming back? Yes, I do not hire people that are in a good place in life. (laughs) Wow. They are people that need money desperately, Mm -hmm. so they have to keep coming back. Man, I guess that's smart by you. They are really just literally risking their lives. So is there... To bottle water? Well, for money. I pay them in money. I don't oh, bottle water yeah, and then sure. I pay them in water. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're making it sound like they may be poor enough to just need water as well. Is there any on-the-job training as far as fighting this tiger, or is that something that Ooh, they have no, to bring? Absolutely not. And I don't tell them in the interview process. Probably. I go, call. you're hired. Yeah. You're a great water bottler. First day they come in. They're like, do you, does this office have a mascot? There's a tiger in here. I smile and say, you know, go sit at your desk. <laughs> go sit all, down. all of a sudden, you hear, a, it's great. Light shut off. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> tiger lets out and, you know, they have to survive on the fly. And again, I'm looking for people that have good attributes and being able to handle yourself on the fly is a great mm-hmm. attribute that I look for. I would say one thing that might might uh, help your company out is maybe a little bit of outsourcing. Okay. Some countries are known for fighting tigers. Okay. And also known for outsourcing. Can you name? I'm not tracking. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do you have a country in mind there? Do you have the name I, and number would, of this I would location? I think it's pretty obvious. It's uh, 1-800-INDIA. <laughs> do they fight tigers? Have you? I mean... I've seen the uh, the classic, the Jungle Book. Um, they seem that seems to be all you, they do. Historically accurate. Are you, yeah. are you basing your knowledge off an entire country that holds a giant population of this planet's people off a movie that was made in the sixties by a Disney a yeah. kids kids movie? You know, there was a the guy that wrote the book, an old dear friend of mine, Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> Rudyard wrote this book, you know, probably an outsider looking in, seeing that these people were afraid of the tiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. However, years later, we're no- they're known for outsourcing workflow. <laughs> call centers, call centers do seem like they use a lot of See? people from India. So I mean, they might bring some good skills into. Uh, That's not a bad point. I will have to talk to my recruiter who recruits work, but also recruits new tigers too. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll talk to him. See what he thinks about that idea. That's a good idea. It's a tough office. It's a tough office. <laughs> and I feel morally superior to you two because y'all have a sweatshop and a satanic cult. So I, I am much better. My office yeah. is a lot more well run. You do keep saying satanic cult, which is a little offensive. They're seances. Uh, tomato, tomato, I guess. <laughs> it really depends on who you ask what it is. <laughs> All right. So our next hypothetical has to do with young kids... So the question is, what is a way that you can ruin your kid? When I have children. And you inevitably will. You're a virile, attractive guy, Evan. You will eventually have kids. In the next three months, they will constantly live in light. They will never see darkness. (laughs) They will not know that darkness exists. Anytime they're in a room, the light will be on. And during the day, the windows will always be open. And when it gets dark outside, I'll throw them in a room and I'll keep the lights on. 
Mm-hmm. They will never know darkness. Now, how does this ruin the child? Because it sounds very poetic. Your children never seeing darkness. So once they get eighteen, hit eighteen, and mm-hmm. they're kicked out of my house, yeah, they will finally understand that there is a darkness. Oh there God. is a day, and there is a night. <laughs> they'll they'll go into their first <laughs> night, and they won't be able to see oh anywhere gosh. because their eyes have not adapted to be able to see in the dark. They've mm-hmm. only known light as their eyes developed. That's one fear that they'll definitely have. Wow. I cannot imagine the first time they walk outside and it is dark. The panic they would have. <laughs> yep. I mean, imagine living your whole life in dark. You walk outside, it's dark. There's no sun in the sky. I mean, they would think the world is ending. Yep. And that would be, you know, the first night that they go through that, kind of, I'll kick them out once the sun goes down. Yeah. And I'll be course. like, this is what life is like without <laughs> me in it. <laughs> it's dark and barren. And they'll, I'll say, you can't come back inside. You have to stay out. You have to live your own life. So the first, you know, 12 hours that they're away from me, they're in pure darkness. They they don't know what's happening. Um, and they're depressed. They think that this is all life is outside of my home and, you know, outside of life with me. And then once, like, you know, 6 a.m. hits and the sun starts coming up, just the relief that will wash over their body. I feel like you should time it when the sun starts coming up. You just walk through the door. So it seems like you yeah. brought back the light. Oh, that's that could good. Be, you know, yeah. that's good. Like maybe you're wearing a right, white robe and yeah. your your arms are spread. Yep. And you're just kind of f- floating into their, their, their room as they're cowering in a corner because there's no light. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say the prodigal son has returned. Yeah. About yourself? They're your kids. <laughs> They're your kids. The son and the father. <laughs> uh, wow. Though I guess it makes sense. The prodigal son. <laughs> that's very <laughs> Well, yeah, that's uh, that's my plan. Well, I think as the inventor, uh, the the mind behind blinds. Yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that's really, really a great way to ruin your kid. Um, you'll with with blinds, you'll constantly have that light in the house. With blinds, you can constantly cook one spot of meat. <laughs> Thanks for the ad, Al. <laughs> a shout it. out there. That's a good shout out. That's very good. That's a very good way to ruin your kids. I'll go ahead and give mine, and mine's actually relatively similar to Evan's. It has to do with light and darkness, but I took a different spin on it. I am going to teach my kids that they have to pray the sun up every morning. (laughs) (laughs) That every morning we get up, and I'll have to time it before the sun rises every morning, and then we get around in a circle and we pray. We pray hard that the sun will rise today to the point that I teach them that we are the only ones that have this power. We're the only ones that are responsible for the sun coming up every day. And if we miss that morning's prayer for the sun to come up, the sun will not rise. So for the most part, for, for most of their life, they're not ruined. This is a this is a habit. This is a ritual that we do until they are in high school and they start meeting other people because they have never met another person until now. Yeah, obviously. I Big keep homeschool them, energy. Yeah. <laughs> Very cult. I keep them quarantined. So they get out. They finally get out into the world. They maybe sleep over at somebody's house, having a sleepover, having a good time, you know, being with people. All of a sudden, their alarm goes off. Their prayer alarm goes off. They frantically get out of bed, start praying in the middle of their friend's floor. Their friends get up. They're like, what, what are you doing? Uh, Lazard Tom, what are you, what are you, what are you doing, Lazard Tom? He's like, I'm praying the sun to come up, and they're looking at him confused. Maybe one day I switch off the prayer alarm. They frantically go up. They go, Oh my gosh, I missed the alarm. They start crying in fear that the sun will not rise today. I think it's pretty cool because you could turn their prayer alarm off, and they could come downstairs and just see you sweating on the floor <laughs> as if you alone prayed that yeah, sun like yeah. passed out on the floor you're like you did not pull your weight this morning lazard tommy you you obviously didn't wake up and pray and i had to do it all myself <laughs> i don't maybe. have the time to come up there and get you out of bed lazard tommy <laughs> eventually you're gonna have to take responsibility and whenever they're meeting these other kids in high school and whatnot Maybe you could uh, start to pull some of these kids onto your side. Maybe they could convince them that yeah, they're the ones that, that are true. bringing like the that. sun up yeah. every day. The kids are like, well, I mean, I guess I can't prove Lazar Tommy wrong. Yeah. So 
and they just think that you're a mystical being. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should help Lazar Tommy pray. And then you I say that like the more people you get, the easier it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like lifting weight. Like, you know, the more people you have, the easier it is to get up. <laughs> then eventually you you buy a plot of land and you build a bunch of buildings on it for all your uh people <laughs> yeah. to uh live on that follow you you're getting it you're, you're yeah. going where i'm going okay. uh and then maybe we i say that the mothership's coming and we mm-hmm. all get on the mothership yeah we have to leave our <laughs> physical bodies <laughs> <laughs> to enter our ethereal bodies yeah, there you go I like just that tell them that the the ending point of your of your cult is you will eventually travel to the sun where it won't have to be raised again. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good. All right, Alan, what about you? What uh, What's your way to ruin your future child? I think the best way to ruin them is to have them carry around the thing that their body will be buried in. <laughs> <laughs> From a very early age, they have to decide urn or coffin. <laughs> Pick it. Pick it now. <laughs> it's very early. They don't even they don't even have really the frame of reference of what they're choosing, but I'm yelling at them urn or coffin and whatever their two week old hand falls closer to, that's what they that's what they pick. You have a two week kid on the ground. <laughs> Do you want the worms to eat your body or the, the fire? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I sound like too. Yeah, when, like a, when, when I do it, I'm a carnival barker. Yeah. <laughs> a 1940s transatlantic accent. All right, child. <laughs> you can either have the worms eat your body, or the fire can consume your body. Which way do you want to go? So yeah, um, and let's say they pick urn. Well, that kid's got to travel around everywhere he goes with his urn because what happens if he dies? <laughs> he doesn't have his urn. I want them to know that I'm not responsible for their funeral expenses. <laughs> I want them to know that I'm not I'm not providing them an urn. Mm. They need to they they better make sure their urn is on them at all times because they won't be getting it from me. <laughs> they keep that thing strapped. Keep that thing strapped. They have it, you know, come up with a little rigging where they carry it on their back. The coffin is a little bit yeah, harder. Logistically. <laughs> A little bit more difficult. Um, and do you have to like like get a new coffin as they grow older, or you just yeah, buy them like an adult one when they're a two year old or two ba- two week old, and you hope it just fit them in a through? baby coffin yeah. if they die as an adult? No, they are forced to carry their full size body. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, 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 okay. So they've got to lug that thing around. It's a little bit more inconvenient, but it does. Pro- they are the cool kids on snow days because <laughs> they have their own sled. <laughs> Well, let's say a Biathar shows up on a side. They're like, "Oh yeah, a Biathar's here." He's just pushing his coffin like it's a, mm-hmm. like it's a grocery store buggy. No, like, we don't make them. I mean, they can drag it with a piece of rope if they want to, or <laughs> yeah. a chain, or something, extension cord, what have you. We don't make them do that, though. I mean, if they if they want to purchase a, a dolly gotcha, or a wagon, yeah. they're more than welcome to do that. Uh, it it gets easier when they have a when they have a car because sure sure they can they can uh, put it in the trunk put it in the bed of their truck or they can get a hearse. <laughs> Optimal car for my kids is a hearse sure. because sure. historically they're the ones that carry coffins. Yeah, that's right. What if what car do they get if they get an urn? They pick the urn at an early age. You know, I don't really think that it that it matters. But what I what I did, I, I picked an urn. Um, I drive a flatbed truck, and I stick the urn in the middle of the bed, and I've got one single strap going over top of it. It's cinched down tight. That urn's not going anywhere. Absolutely. It's a conversation piece at that point. Yeah. 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 And God forbid a stray rock from a car in front of you just makes it over into the flatbread truck. Flat bread truck. The flat you have a the, the bread, bread truck? truck? You're driving a bread truck? <laughs> <laughs> makes it into the flatbed truck and just cracks that urn. That's it brings up a good question. What happens if like say your child loses the urn or breaks the coffin or vice versa? What's the what's the punishment there? Yeah, what what happens? Um well the punishment is obviously they have to build or craft their own urn or coffin. Mm. But it's gonna be kinda hard to do that when they're locked in a barn. <laughs> So, <laughs> they, are they locked in a barn normally, or is this the punishment part of the punishment? That's the, that's the punishment. Okay, part. I'm not. Okay. I'm not a psycho here. I'm okay, just a, I'm just a dad trying to raise my kids that's here. Right, yeah. Come on, 
<laughs> with death in mind, you know. Yeah. You know, they they spend a week in the barn to think about sort of what they've what they've done, um, and then they 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 come out and they're forced to obviously craft their coffin or urn again. Yeah, some handy kids, you know. We we teach them the ways of the the saw, the ways of the chisel from a very young age. I mean, other than the social aspect of this, it's not really ruining the kid. It gives them good perspective. Yeah, teaches I, I them think the, so. Teaches them the finiteness of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nothing's a better teacher than the Grim Reaper. <laughs> I, I think so. You should hire Evan. Dress him as a Grim Reaper. Always have him in random places yeah. throughout their yeah. life. And they're like, gosh, I'm glad, glad I have my it's urn. It's a good thing I've got this here. Yeah. <laughs> you will need to buy me the costume, but I provide my own scythe. Okay. I, I'm seeing a fantastic business opportunity. Yeah. My kids are going to love it. <laughs> All right, so we got a cult, um, someone that's obsessed with death, and uh, whatever I said. <laughs> <laughs> You've already forgotten. Yeah, don't remember what it was. You maybe should maybe we should oh, shed yeah, some your, light. Your your on kids it? don't ever see darkness oh, until yeah, age eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. We got one more hypothetical to run through here. Zach, Alan. We do this podcast every week. We know our significant others hate us. <laughs> what do you buy for your significant other that, you know, you say kind of makes up for doing this podcast <laughs> or any other time you make them mad? It's, it doesn't have to be something you buy, but it's something that you could do for them, you know? Just to make up to yeah, you make just, up for it. Just to okay. make up for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the bad you, things you've done. I tell you what I do. I know when I leave on Saturdays to head up here about 1145, I know the look on her face, you know, and it's like, oh, you're going to go do that dumb thing again <laughs> for way too long or something <laughs> like that. <sighs> I know, I know it doesn't make her happy. So I always come home with a gift for her. It's I a great, always, it's a, it's yeah, great advice. Yeah. Good job. I always come home with flour. Was there an S on the end of that? No, was, it, was that a plural? Uh, no, just a just bag one. of flour. Oh. You bring home flour. <laughs> you misunderstood her. She was like, I, Alan, I would like some flowers. I'm and you were like, pretty positive she said flour. she a baker? she like to bake? Sometimes, you know. <laughs> Do you bring home it in a bag or is it just kind of loose? And you sweep it into your house and be like, here's the here's the flower you asked for. It's just for. loosely in your yeah. palms. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I fill it up with a Ziploc bag of flour. <laughs> Mainly because But it's a fifty pound bag of flour, but it's just a lot of yeah, Ziploc bags. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because I know she wants it. You know, she was always talking about wanting flour. I know that if we've got flour on hand, maybe it'll be some bread making, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'll have a. You give your gift in an effort to get something out <laughs> of it. Hopes to get something yeah. back. You for never it, know. Yeah. You never know. Um, maybe there might be a a bagel in my future. My man's looking for a win-win situation. Yeah. Does she does she accept this gift well? She usually says, "I I said flowers." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I said. Well, yeah, I have flowers, and I give her individual bags right, right. of flour. So <laughs> they're pl- plural, you know, sure. yeah. multiple bags, flowers. <laughs> and you're like, why are you not happy with this? This is exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Girls are so yeah, hard to read. They, you can, they you, say one thing, and then they mean another, you know? You, they mm-hmm. act like we should know what they want. They don't even know what they yeah. want. She said flowers. You're bringing your flowers. What else? What it's else like, do they want? It's like, why am I getting in trouble for doing exactly what you said? You're kind of shedding some light on some things, because my wife always tells me, you never buy me flowers anymore. And I always thought she meant, like, the petal, the plant. But now maybe I'm thinking she talks about all-purpose flower. Buddy, let me tell you. That little APF. Run, <laughs> run, don't walk to your nearest Kroger marketplace. Buy you a bag of all white and rich flour. Get it to your wife, man. She, have you ever got bagels out of this this, this gift? Like, or you just have like loose flour just around the house? <laughs> It it does it doesn't always work out in my favor. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And sometimes if I see her, if she looks disappointed, I'll go ahead and put the flour in water. Like, oh, okay, I'll just take out a vase yeah, and yeah. pour some water in. Like I've done it. I've done half of it for you. Yeah, 
put some yeast in there. Yeah. Some yeast in there. No. Ex- <laughs> really get this baby turning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine your house looks like. Preheat the oven. <laughs> what more do you want? I imagine your house looks like Pablo Escobar's house <laughs> with just loose white powder everywhere. <laughs> and little baggies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Alan, man, I feel for you, buddy. That's that's tough. I I wish somebody could shed light on the mind of a woman because it is a mystery. It's the last great frontier, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. All right, Evan, what do you do? I know you make your wife angry all the time. Oh. Not an easy person to live with you are. No, absolutely not. Um, when I frequently anger my wife, especially after we record these podcasts yeah, on a absolutely. weekly basis, I, yeah. I immediately exit my house. And okay. I I run to the the freezer section, okay. And I grab a butterball turkey. <laughs> God dang boy! <laughs> a full butter bar, butter butterball turkey. <laughs> it's not Thanksgiving. No, it's who not. cares? But who doesn't love a butterball turkey? Uh, I, I I know I do. I've had turkey for every meal for the past <laughs> what two years, year and a half that we've been married. Yeah, your gift is also something for you. <laughs> Well, we both win. <laughs> it's turkey. Who doesn't want turkey? <laughs> How does she react to you giving her whole frozen turkey? If I could personify mm-hmm. disgust, disappointment, and regret all in one person, that would be my wife when I hand her a <laughs> butterball turkey. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't understand that. Do you hand, her, hand it to her loose? Just like... <laughs> I, to give her a dead bird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I hand it to her like limb by limb, you know, or like piece by piece. Oh, okay. So you've already cut this thing. Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I gotta cook it. Just on the way home, driving, you're just, I'm just dis- yanking it, <laughs> dismembering this turkey, dismantling the turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I take its rib cage out. That's the part that she hates the most. But I think it's the closest to its heart. So, mm. oh, see, that's, that's, that's pretty exactly. sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's about the that's gesture. Pretty sweet. I yeah. see kindness. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah I, um, I, again, um, that's well thought out. And really, Ellen will support you in this and go. It's not you're not the issue here. You're no, doing your best no. as a significant other, a mate, a partner, and a husband. And I just, you know, it's her. It's all her. It's her issue. <laughs> Evan, I'd say uh, what you're facing is. Uh, the no-win situation known as every man's battle. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your support in this. It's 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 a no-win battle. It's an uphill battle. Mm. You know, it's uphill both ways. Both ways in the snow. You know, and listen, you have your full support on the Questionable Detour podcast. Yeah, and to take it back to what Alan was saying earlier, she always says, "Why don't you do the grocery shopping? Why don't you ever do the grocery shop? Why don't you ever help me out and go get some groceries?" What, what do you think I'm doing? I, I am providing. Like, it's a butterball turkey. We can eat on this for maybe a month. And you're upset about that? Yeah. I just provided meals. I grocery shopped. <laughs> I just you're imagine welcome. you bring it home. She's upset. Just like cro- arms crossed, shaking her head. And you're just in the corner being like, this is so good. <laughs> just <laughs> eating a turkey. Raw turkey. Yeah, raw turkey. Like, you want Tom? <laughs> well, this stuff is great. <laughs> I listen and I get it for me when I when I upset Chelsea y'all know my literacy is not great I am illiterate yes historically I was walking uh just out and about on the town and I saw angel worms on a sign I was like angel worms that sounds romantic angels are the picture of romance so I was like you know I've made Chelsea mad so I am going to get her some angel worms I misread the sign. It was ang- angle worms. I ha- I brought her home a box of just loose worms. Was like, just bring it. I want to set them up. I want to set them up nice. So what I did was I strung fishing line from this bait and tackle shop that sells angle worms, apparently. And I strung fishing line from one end to, of the room to the other. And I just started hanging up worms. There are worms hanging from all different directions. I was like, this is romantic, Mm -hmm. these angel worms. And she walked in. Let me tell you, she was not at all pleased about the loose angel worms hanging from the ceiling. I don't get that at all. It it looked like a meat house just of worms hanging from fishing line. <laughs> That's so weird. What's, what's wrong with that? I, I, I thought it was a very romantic gesture. And she was like, this is... This is so. What this is gross. And I was like, this is. Gr- I have an entire box of worms, and I I put, took out the box. It's just loose worms in a box. I ran that bait and tackle shop dry of worms, and I I even told the bait and tackle guy I was like, this is for my wife. She's angry at me. 
<laughs> he looked confused. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't understand that. He didn't, That's weird. He didn't understand that at all. But he was like, okay. You didn't pay him for him? Well, it was very hard to steal them. I don't know if y'all have ever tried to steal loose worms. <laughs> very difficult. You could start a whole compost with that. Like once that's you what, get them off the line. That's what I told her. Mm. That's I was like, we could have a fantastic air aerated garden with yeah. these worms. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't really like that. And you know that was one gift. But this is the gift that keeps on giving. Now she wakes up with worms in her bed. I I put worms in the bed while she sleeps, so she wakes up with these angel worms. I just as guys that have a lot of experience with women as y'all do. Where am I going wrong here? What did I do incorrect? What? I'm glad you came to us with this and you felt uh, vulnerable enough to discuss this yeah, with this us. Yeah, this is a safe spot. Um, I, I, I know I can talk to you guys. I would say with 100% confidence, you've done nothing wrong. I don't think this is on you at all. Now, I do question, at first you said angel worms? Well, I thought I misread the sign thinking it said angel worms. It was angle worms, like angler worms. Sure, yeah. But what, what do you think angel worms are? <laughs> I'm confused on that piece. Uh, I kind of thought, you know, angels are always so skinny. I thought it was a tapeworm situation. No, there's the angels' worms. Oh, so it's just a different type of worm. Just a different type You're of worm. You're just upset that it was a different species of worm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you think she might like a different I, kind of worm? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you think you just got the wrong I just the got the wrong breed. species. And yeah. Mm. Is you went looking for angel worms, you got angle worms. <laughs> what you should have done is gotten something closer to her heart. Like heartworms. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, that's a good that's a point. Good I mean, it was right, it was right there on yeah. the it table. Was, for it was, it was, it was, and I completely. They had heartworms right there. I, I could have stolen them just like I stole the just earthworms yeah, that yeah. I did. Which is <laughs> by the heartworms were right there. Do you mean there was a dog with heartworms <laughs> yeah, in the building dying? <laughs> I could have, I could have dissected the dog and gotten the heartworms out, but I didn't, and that you know that's on me. So you know, I believe it's the thought that counts, and she should really accept my angle yeah, worms yeah. that I gave her. But, you know, I'm going to keep... I'm not giving up every day. I'm going to continue trying to give her the worms. And if she doesn't like it, fine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, listen, in the end, what we have concluded is that we aren't the issue. We are perfectly perfect significant mm. others. And really, it's all their problem. Yeah. It's our wife's yeah. fault. Yeah. yeah. Wh- women just don't have it together. Us men do. But anyway, if anybody wants to take that advice, get them some flour yeah a frozen turkey or uh worms i'd say take it do it i think they're all great gifts yeah yeah maybe all at one time you're welcome i guess that segues us into actual advice yeah uh but anyway you know we all gave each other advice and that's good but that also kind of shows that we are great at giving advice so uh, y'all want to answer some people's live questions that they have they have written into us? I'd love to. All right, let's to. get into some let's get into some life questions. How can I help? What can I do? I want to do a nice thing for you. I need help. All right, so we got an email here uh, asking for a little bit of advice from Johnny. Oh, Johnny, you've come to the right place. We we are very wise. Yeah. So Johnny asks us. Uh, the subject is not sure how to reply. Well, you will be sure after you after you hear this. We give so. we give surefire answers. Yeah. Absolutely, we leave no one wanting. Mm-hmm. So the body of the message says: For a bit of context, I told a girl I liked about how I felt in a couple of heartfelt messages. I don't know what to do with what she responded with. Thanks for the message. Sorry, yeah, no. That's her message. Yeah, she said sorry, yeah, no. That's rough. Yeah, that's a rough message to get back. She said thanks for the message. Sorry, yeah, no, period. How would you respond in this situation, Zach? If a if you if you lay your heart out for a woman and she responds, sorry, yeah, no, thanks for the message though. I'm throwing bricks through her window. Oh. Immediately is my first response. I'm going to travel to her house and just I don't know how many windows she had, but every one of those windows will be busted out yeah. with a brick. I will follow her around and just throw bricks at her. Yeah, a little death threat here and I think there. That's good. Never hurts. <laughs> So for Johnny, I would recommend being very aggressive. Mm. Being women want masculinity; they want the the caveman esque attitude from from their men. So maybe she said yeah, no to you because you're just being too effeminate. Yeah, you're being too passive. You got to be more aggressive, and you got to let her know that her life is on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend uh, dressing up as a caveman, mm-hmm. carrying around yeah. a big club, oh, yeah, throw cool. things through her window, say ooga booga some. Say what? Uh, it's it's common caveman lingo, Alan. It's ooga booga. Ooga booga. And there is no more romantic 
saying. There's no more romantic phrase on this planet than that. And I think that will show her that you are masculine. You can get things done. And I, I think you will win her over. So I wouldn't even text her back. Mm. I would just go ahead and go to her house, toss bricks through a window, follow her around. Be a caveman. Be a cave, Be aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And swap out your daily driver, your, your car, your yeah. go-to. Swap it out. Take the floor out of it. Wheel it around with your feet. Push it around with your feet like a little <laughs> like a little caveman. Yeah, a little, little Flintstone. <laughs> yeah. Become the Flintstones. Yeah. Slide down the back of a dinosaur <laughs> on the entrance to your show. <laughs> Get rid of that phone alarm clock you've got. Yeah. Get one of those little bird alarm clocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Become a caveman. What about you, Alan? How would you how would you respond to the text message of Yeah, thanks, yeah, no? So, Johnny, I'd like to say, sorry, yeah, no. Sounds like she might be a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. She gave you yeah and no. That is true. And sorry. And sorry. So if we're breaking that down, sorry, she feels for you. Yeah, she agrees with you. No, she doesn't agree with you. (laughs) So let's give her some time to think. Mm-hmm. Let's take some of those bricks that Zach was using. Go to her home. Because I've been already been using the bricks. You've on already her. Been I, using, I know yeah. who you're talking yeah. about. I've been throwing bricks yeah. through her windows for months now. Yeah. Use those bricks. Brick in her windows. Brick in her doors. Let her let her simmer in there. Give her some time to think. Obviously, she was on the fence. Sorry, yeah, no. Brick her in there. <laughs> Give her some time to think. Give her, give her a little <laughs> bit of time to think. Oh, I, I am actually. That's great advice. You're saying, saying build a yeah. wall over her windows and doors yeah. so she cannot leave her yeah. house. He's yeah. saying cask of Amadeo. This this woman. I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Got Excellent you. reference. Evan. Yeah, Excellent. got you. I understand now. That's a great advice. Brick her in. <laughs> Brick her in. Yeah. She will have time to think as she cannot leave her home mm-hmm. and be distracted by other stuff. And what's what's really cool about that is let's say she's got a roommate or family members well they'll obviously be pretty upset about being bricked in yeah um they'll be mad at her they'll be like why why'd this happen and she'll tell them why it happened they'll be like well you better date this guy yeah it sounds like sounds like you made the wrong decision so everybody on the inside they're on your team whether whether you know it or not yeah and then once she's had some time and you go to break her out you're you're chiseling away at that uh that mortar that has set up between the bricks mm-hmm. and you're getting those bricks down and the first face she sees is yours yeah man that's great she's it's, gonna be mm-hmm. stockholm syndrome right, right into your arms that's that right you right. are her savior basically yeah wow that's great advice so do you have a brick themed <laughs> we apparently uh, this advice is I do. <laughs> okay Actually. what's your what is your brick themed advice for johnny here so my brick themed advice would be to uh let's go let's take it back to the 70s so let's whip out our boom box like it's the 70s let's mm-hmm. grab our cassette tape of brick house by the commodores yep stand outside her bricked up window but also shattered by bricks window that has been repaired to be a brick wall yeah and let's just play on repeat standing in her lawn brick house house by the commodores so evan she'll love that song i'm having a little trouble remembering how brick house by the commodores goes can you can you uh sing us a few bars i can't i can't for the life of me remember now i know one bar and that's she's a brick House. I don't. I tell you, that's romantic. She's mighty, mighty, letting it all hang out. That is, that is, that is yeah. romance at its best. That's that's a song that wins a woman over. Yeah, absolutely. She's talking about her figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. objectifying. And mm-hmm. if we know anything yes. about women, absolutely, they love to be objectified. Yes, yes. yes. They want to know what you see when you look at them. <laughs> That's what all, every woman loves. Let them know that nothing is else is important other than mm-hmm. exactly. Their it surface. has nothing to do yeah. with her personality, Mm-mm. her humor, her Mm-mm. anything else, yeah. her beliefs, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's about what she looks like. You don't care what's on the inside of that brick house. Absolutely. You just care that it's a brick house. Is it a brick house? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is there sheetrock in there? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Well, you do Not care. Us. You do care about what's inside the brick house that you bricked up. Well, yeah, you, you want to make sure she's, she's in, in the brick house, yeah. so yeah, you want to yeah. get in there. But other her brick house, yeah, you don't care yeah. about what further than skin deep. Uh, but yeah, there you go, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, we for some reason <laughs> decided that this was a brick themed piece of advice. Mm-hmm. So if just if you have bricks laying around, you break know. her windows with bricks, rebuild her windows yes. and doors with bricks. <laughs> quit, uh, quit bricking around and yeah. uh, <laughs> hop to it, and then play brick house. Over a boombox in her yard. Uh, thank you for writing in there, Johnny. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Uh, let us know how that goes if if you uh, decide to do that. <laughs>
All right, let's move into our, our next rider here from, uh, they just named themselves P, mm. so we'll oh. go with P. Okay, P. Like P-E-A, not yeah. just the letter, but P. Subject starts a little a little heavy, but I think we can work through this one, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, we might have to be a little we, bit more sensitive on this one. We don't shy away just from a heads dark up. topics. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. So the, the subject reads, how do I, 17-year-old female, handle the death of my boyfriend, who is a 19-year-old male? Oof, death is hard. Death is. We've already touched about it a little bit on this episode. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, and how to bring them back from death as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> P writes on to say, My boyfriend is the most amazing person I've ever met. He's the only person I've ever felt comfortable around, and he's my only friend. He was diagnosed with leukemia in June 2022, and not even two weeks ago, they said he wouldn't make it longer than three to four weeks because of the leukemia was doubling even with all the chemo. As soon as I get home, I get a call saying he passed away in his mm. sleep. I don't feel like I can breathe without him. I'm just too attached to try to live without him, and I just don't know what to do, and I really need some serious advice. Well, you came to the right spot for serious advice there, P. Um, it's hard to give you advice now that he's dead. I will go ahead and I would have said you probably should have killed him beforehand. I, as somebody that deals a lot with animals and horses, if an animal is on the verge of death, <laughs> has been hurt, go ahead and euthanize him. You know, go ahead and put him... <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> go ahead and put him Go ahead and put him out of their misery. So, is he old and needs to be young again? <laughs> so... Common misconception there, Alan. This is... <laughs> he didn't make it to old age. So he won't be, need to be that type of euthanized. But he does need to be EU-thanized. Mm. He uh, should... He needs to, be, needs to be made European. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Why, mm. P, why didn't you make him European? Um, he would have lived longer. They have a better healthcare they, system. Uh, it's, it's free, better. at least. It's free, at least. I don't know if it's better, yeah. but it's free. I, I don't really have advice for you there, P. I, I am very sorry. Really, you you let him go on for too long. So, um, <laughs> oh, Evan, uh, do you have any advice, P? I, I do. Um, first thing I want to say to P is you, you wrote into us, so I'm just going to come out and say it, P. Get over it. <laughs> it's not your problem anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. What can you do about that? You know, we came from dirt. We went back to dirt. You know, my thing for P is your boyfriend's parents were a lot like Alan. He would be ready for death. Yeah, he would have the necessary requirements for death. So yeah, he they, he would have had the urn already picked out. Or kind of makes you coffin. wonder. Uh, it sounds like you're. Why I, wasn't prepared? Yeah, it sounds like your boyfriend is just going to be thrown out into a ditch because he didn't have the coffin necessary. And prepared, so that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's really on you at that point. Um, now, my question for you, P, and you can write back into us and answer this, but did you love him? Did you even like him at all? Like, I'm sure he was a dick, right? <laughs> so, like, it should be pretty easy, right? Is there a vice here? <laughs> Are you just insulting me? <laughs> So Evan, your advice is just kind of move on. Yeah, like what else? What else can you do? It's yeah. just yeah. another day, another dollar. Yep. <laughs> is she profiting off his death? Could be. She's writing into us. Yeah. Well, maybe we might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Alan, what is your advice for P and the death of a of, of her boyfriend? Well, I'd say P. I am sorry to hear about this. Um, the death is always tragic. Um, and I'm kind of worried about a line you said in there. Uh, said you were losing breath. You couldn't breathe without it. <laughs> um, have you been holding your breath ever since? And if so, might I suggest finding an oxygen tank immediately? <laughs> And then, if, I, if you don't mind, Alan. Yeah. Step in here. If you don't mind working your way down to a local coastline mm -hmm. and finding a free diving association mm -hmm. and really just dig into that because you need to be holding your breath to free dive. Mm -hmm. So if you've already got practice of losing your breath here because of this, yeah. you might be a great free diver. And picking up a new hobby is a great way to get over yeah, a tragedy. So too, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. I, like I, that. think it's, I, I think that's great. Yeah. Maybe get oxygen tank or something maybe you can be scuba scuba yeah, diving you can be scuba get, diving get, get licensed I, yeah. I, I think you should breathe because that is essential for life and you don't want to end up like your boyfriend so doesn't seem like there's anything holding you where you're at now so I yeah. mean, maybe get to the coast yeah you don't seem like you have a future so yeah, I would say go ahead and pick up a new hobby find your local coastline <laughs> 
So there you go, P. Uh, there is three things that yeah. you can take to the bank. Comments uh, and concerns, really. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah. Just you should have done. You should have been more preemptive in his death. Yeah. Uh, and now that he's dead, you need to get over it and yeah. maybe to help you get over it. Take up a new hobby and please breathe. Yeah. Your no, body please, needs oxygen. Please Just go breathe. ahead and stop holding your breath. Yeah. You know, we gave you three steps right there. It's a three-step program. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's yeah. stamped by questionable detour. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the QD guarantee. <laughs> QD guarantee. And it's right for us to put our name on that set of advice. Yes. <laughs> that is very on brand for us. Um but yeah, all right. Well, guys, helping the world one step at a time as per usual. Mm-hmm. I feel good about it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. feel good about it. I I don't have any qualms with what we just did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Is> anybody else? <laughs> Has anything that they uh, need to write into us, need some yeah. advice on, need to get some sage wisdom on, write into us, email us, shoot us a line at uh, questionabledetourpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. Uh, you can tweet us questions, more hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. It's at question detour on Twitter. So interact with us there. But all right, boys, y'all want to be done with this? Let's get Let's to go. it. All right. Um, all right. Well, go on with your lies. Have a good day. I am worn out from that heavy, heavy advice. <laughs> Expect the detour.